Hey, hey, this is Mackenzie, and you are listening to the Enlighten Me podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so stoked to have you here because today I have a very special and important conversation to share with you. For this episode, I interviewed my new friend Naomi from Redeemed with Purpose. Naomi is a pastor's wife, a mama, and a woman on a mission. She previously worked for an organization that was putting forth efforts to see human trafficking come to an end. She left that position but still wanted to do something that made a difference. So she runs a business that she calls a hobby that has gotten out of control, which I love. Naomi is a very talented jewelry maker. She makes gorgeous pieces that started with leather cuffs, but now she sells all kinds of different pieces. My favorites include the chokers that she makes, especially with the turquoise stones, but this isn't just any old piece of jewelry. Naomi actually donates 50% of the proceeds that she makes to different organizations that are looking to see sex slavery come to an end. She chooses a new organization each fall, which she'll share about in this conversation. And that organization gets 50% of the proceeds that are made from the jewelry sales. Isn't that amazing? Naomi just recently relaunched her website, and let me tell you, it has some gorgeous pieces on there, so please go shop. In this conversation, Naomi and I talk about what human trafficking and sex slavery are, which those are two different things. I didn't realize that, but I learned a lot of new terms through this conversation. We also talk about the shocking statistics that surround human trafficking and the sex slave trade. Did you know that there are more slaves today than ever before in our world's history? Yes, even more than in the African slave trade. I know, I couldn't believe it either, and I can't believe that more people don't know about this topic. We talk about all the hows and whos and wheres and whens that sex slavery takes place, and also how we can help to stop this from happening. This is a sensitive topic, so I would maybe recommend listening to it beforehand if you're thinking of listening to it with little ears around, but Naomi will share why this is a topic that we do have to educate our kids on, so make sure you listen closely. I also have to give Naomi a very special shout out because she was a champ and had to rush to a local coffee shop when we did this interview so that she could get some reliable Wi-Fi. She sat outside the coffee shop in her car to record this episode. And it wasn't quick, let me tell you, it was for like an hour and a half. So big shout out to Naomi for her time and effort in getting this recorded. Trust me, it was well worth it. So here is my conversation with Naomi. All right. Hey, Naomi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mackenzie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so happy to have you here. Can you just start with introducing yourself to everyone that's listening? Sure. So my name is Naomi Holland, and uh, I live in a small town outside of Calgary called Sundry, Alberta. Um, My husband is a pastor, and we have a small church, and we have two kids uh, ages 7-11. So that's about us. All right. Awesome. And I don't know that much about Canada. Are you, is that in like central Canada? (laughs) No, Alberta, we're near the Rockies. Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I can see the Rockies from our house. (laughs) Okay, great. So what's your weather like there right now? Well, uh, it's been a terrible summer and we've hardly had any summer. Summers are really short. So it's a bad time to ask that question. It's gray and (laughs) rainy today and it looks like summer's over. So everyone's absolutely devastated. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. And are your kids back to school yet? No, we don't start till after... um, Labor Day weekend in September, so September 4th, so a couple more weeks of so-called summer holidays. Okay, (laughs) gotcha. All right. Okay, awesome. And so you started a company, or do you call it a company, or do you call it an organization? What do you call it? I call it a hobby that has gotten out of control, and uh, (laughs) it's really just a small, small business. Um, We're not a an organization. We're not a charity or anything. Um, I just choose to give away half my proceeds, but really it's a, it's a small business, I suppose. Okay. Awesome. And so did that start with just you liking to make jewelry or how did you get started? (laughs) Right. Um, actually I had just quit working for a frontline recovery program, um, an organization working with survivors of sex trafficking, For 18 years, um, I was their key fundraiser and also did a lot of public speaking. And um, after quitting, largely quitting so I can be um, around the house and not traveling all over the place, I just felt so 
immobilized and I, I didn't have a voice anymore to speak about this issue. And uh, I just needed a way to continue to talk about the sex trade. And so I used to make jewelry. I started a jewelry business actually for that organization years and years ago um, when I was working for them in Nepal. And uh, I just thought this is something I can do. And it just started out as a few girlfriends and I making jewelry to sell and then give away the proceeds. And then it just, it's okay. been two years and it's just, I don't know, it's just totally gotten away on me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So your business is called Redeemed with Purpose and yeah. you already had a passion for talking about human trafficking and everything. And so you decided like yeah. you were going to do this with your friends and still try to make an impact in in something that you were really passionate about. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I have no desire just to make jewelry. Um, to me, that would be an absolute waste of my time. Um, <laughs> like I used to do fundraisers that raised $100,000 in an event. And so for me to sell even jewelry at $20 is really hard. But it's what I can do right now. Yeah. I can't travel. I can't speak uh, in all these different places across the country. I can be at home. I can make jewelry and I can give away as much money as, as possible. So for me, yeah, it, the jewelry business would not exist unless it had a cause and a purpose and a story. And I know that's why we get most of our followers as well, because they're in the same position as me. They don't have a ton of money to give. Um, they can't maybe be on the front lines or go to Africa and start a project, but right. they can make choices with their dollars and they can support these women versus just a large company. Yeah. So I think it's just, we're all doing what we can and this is something that I can do right now from home. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I always like giving to a business like yours or supporting a business like yours when I can because I don't know, it's, I think it's kind of cool that you can give something and you know make a difference with your dollar while also getting something out of it like a really cool piece of jewelry and then and then it also works oh, yeah. as like a promotion I feel like because then if someone compliments totally. you you can say like oh thanks it actually goes to support um to relieve women yes. out of sex trafficking instead of just saying like That's thanks right. I got it on sale at Target <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and people want that like people are hungry for that and so yeah I I love like our our buyers they're they're advocates they really believe in the cause um and so i feel like it's my job to provide a product to the market that is of comparable value and style to everything else that's out there and then give consumers the choice to support a just strictly for-profit company or to actually support um redeeming lives from something as awful as sex slavery and and so my job is to provide the choice and then it's the consumer's job to make that decision and I think almost always they will choose the company that is for people over for profit. Yeah, absolutely. And so did you say that you and your friends make the jewelry yourselves or do you work with other jewelry makers or is it a combination? Yeah, right now it's 99% me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we started with a few girlfriends and then everyone's lives got busy and so yeah. it really just <laughs> came back to me. And then uh, I have a friend that does all the amazing photographs on our social media accounts um so she's been helping me get um to look a little bit more professional but yeah I basically make all of it and if I'm lucky my 11 year old will help me for a few minutes but she's kind of lost interest <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> oh that's a bummer <laughs> I know that's really cool though um so, okay, so the products are all handmade then, which makes them even more special, I feel like. Yeah, um, we started with the uh, cuffs, the leather cuffs. And so the reason why I love the story of the cuffs is that they're all repurposed belts. And so these were belts that were discarded, no longer loved, no longer cared for, like, you know, well used, worn, torn. And I had the idea to repurpose them and then give them new life and make them look stunning. And... And that's where the name Redeemed came from, is that we were redeeming these belts, keeping in mind the women whose lives have been torn and battered and abused and neglected. And so mm -hmm. the belts, the belts to me symbolize the women and the fact that mm -hmm. if you invest time and money and energy into these lives, women and children, boys and girls, their lives can be redeemed and they can have a second chance at life and their life can actually turn into something beautiful, but it takes a lot of 
time and hard work. And a lot of it, of course, is, is their hard work that they have to go through as well. But it can be done. And so that's where the name and that's what the cuffs symbolize. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that. That's really cool. You mentioned the women and the children. So I want to talk more about that just because some people might not even know really much about human trafficking. And so how would you explain what human trafficking is to someone who doesn't know much about it? Right. So human trafficking really is the transport of an individual from a place to place for the purpose of sexual exploitation. What sexual exploitation is, is that is the the sale um, or the forced use of somebody for somebody else's gratification um, or and or for profit as well. So really we're talking about sexual exploitation and human trafficking, where human trafficking is more just the transport. So um, sometimes people okay. just say sex trafficking, which maybe makes it a little more clear. But okay. uh, yeah, those two very much go hand in hand. Some people are trafficked for forced labor, um, but they say globally 79% of those who are trafficked are for the purpose of sexual exploitation. Okay, got it. Okay, so human trafficking is the transportation of humans for the purpose of, like, human slavery, essentially. Is that right? Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then most that's mostly referring to sex slavery or sexual exploitation. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Most of those trafficked are for the purposes to be sold um, or forced into prostitution or sexual exploitation. They've kind of okay. changed the language. They, they don't use, we, we all try not to use the word prostitute anymore. So it's sexually exploited women and children, um, which really recognize the fact that they had no say, no, no opinion, no choice in the matter. They are being exploited sexually. Okay, got it. And do you, do you still use the word slavery? Like, do you feel like that's a fitting term yes. for what's happening? Absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah, it's important for everyone to know there are more slaves today than ever before in human history, far more oh, wow. than the African slave trade. Yeah, it is out of control. They estimate that there are 40 million people living in slavery today, which is wow. just ridiculous. Yeah, human trafficking is the second largest trade of, of organized crime. Oh, and wow. yeah, it is a huge, huge industry, huge business. Um, this is very much a business. Uh, listen to this statistic from International Justice Ministries, or also called IJM. They say that the sex trade industry is a $150 billion a year industry per year, which to give it some perspective is greater than the profits of Coca-Cola, Disney, Chevron, General Electric, IBM, Walmart, and ExxonMobil combined. Oh my gosh. That mm-hmm. that's insane. Like that is yeah. insane to me. I think yeah. I, I just can't even wrap my mind around the fact that there's more people enslaved today yeah. because yeah. I know like in the US, I'm I'm sure it's similar in Canada, but in the US like we talk about race and slavery and like the impact of our nation's history on us today all the time. And yet we hardly ever talk about the fact that people are still enslaved today. Yeah. We got to change our language. We got to change even, I don't know what they're teaching in school anymore. I I talked to teenagers and they're like, Oh yes, the slavery's over. The slave trade was demolished. It's like, no, it just changed. And now it's, there's no race involved in it. It is just the, the more desperate, the more vulnerable, the more impoverished, the younger, the better. Like it, I think it's worse than ever before because it really targets the, the most vulnerable in the most horrific way imaginable. So we wow. got to change our language. We have to be teaching our kids that this is alive and well, but it's something that needs to be fought. We need new abolitionists. We need um, people to be fighting it from all different angles, doing whatever it is that you can do. There's so many ways we can tackle it, but we have to be, we have to start with education. We have to start recognizing that it exists, that these are, no one chooses to be a slave. None of them had a choice. 
Um, mm-hmm. They were coerced, forced, or come from desperate situations where there was no other choice. Um, so they, we really have to see them as victims. Mm. Wow. Well, I will totally admit that I've probably said, like, used that language before that slavery is over, like slavery is in the past. And I knew that sex slavery is a thing, but I definitely did not know that it was occurring at that rate. So that's like totally insane to me. And I will say for myself, like, I know I need to change my language when, when we talk about those things. So thank you for bringing that to my attention because I, and I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure like people listening are also feeling the same way. It's such an uncomfortable topic, especially sex slavery, that we kind of don't want to talk about it. We don't want to really look at it. And I totally get that. So no one should feel bad if they didn't know. Um, It's just like when William Wilberforce, who is like kind of the father of fighting sex slavery. um, If people have seen the movie Amazing Grace, that's the um, he's the key character. And so when he delivered his speech to the uh, British Parliament, this is like two, three hundred, I think it's 300 years ago, he, he presented all the facts about the African slave trade. And as you can imagine, many of them were probably horrified too. They didn't know the conditions were so bad on the ships or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he, the last words he said to them is, now that you know, you can never say you did not know. And yeah. so I think that's, that's what we're talking about right now is that yeah. now with the social media and with the access to information, if people did a, a quick search on slavery today, or I'll mention a few organizations that I think you were going to ask me to recommend, um, people should just take a moment to just make themselves aware, read a couple books, and it's hard stuff. Like, it's really hard stuff, but it's the least we can do is to be incredibly upset by it so that we can do something. Yeah, wow. That's, yeah, you're you're definitely, like, bringing up feelings in me and I'm sure everybody right now and it's not meant to make anybody feel guilty by like by any means but it's just meant to like empower us if anything to to be aware and to educate others and and I always say you know my listeners have heard me say this a million times that like education makes all the difference and so when we know about something then we can take like little steps to make a difference. And so, so I do want to talk about those things that like we can do and things that, you know, we need to be aware of. But first I just want to talk a little bit more about what this really looks like. So is what other, what other types of slavery are there? Is it pretty much all sexual exploitation or are there other types of slavery still taking place? Yeah. Of the 40 million enslaved, the majority are enslaved by forced labor around the world. Um, okay. Sex slavery is uh, the the lesser of that. It's still millions and millions of people, but uh, majority is forced labor. Okay, and then yeah. is that where where is this occurring? Because I feel like you know when you hear about that, you might think this is happening in like third world countries, but is that right. accurate? Oh uh, yeah, it's everywhere. Uh, absolutely, it's everywhere. Um, you know. If you look at the news constantly, they, they'll um, discover, you know, people that weren't being treated right just here in Canada or in the States or people that are, you know, forced 20 people in a small room and, and they have no documents and they can't leave and they're forced to work in, um, in factories or horrendous conditions. Um, I don't know so much about forced labor. I, I don't even I don't focus on that. But definitely right. it is it is global because I mean, around the world, there are people who are desperate and they're around the world. There are people who are willing to take advantage of that and who are only seeking profit and who do not care for human life. So it's very much a human issue, which makes it a global issue. Okay. And is sex slavery a global issue also? Absolutely. It is a, it is a huge global issue because it is a business based on demand and supply. Wherever there's a demand, there will always be a supply and very sadly, there is a huge and growing demand for more and more sex slaves, which is extremely disturbing, mm. but it's something that we have to be aware of. And unfortunately, the demand is growing for younger and younger children, which should terrify mm. all of us. And that's what makes this global. And that's what makes sex slavery personal is that 
as parents, we need to be fully aware of what's happening so that we can educate and protect our kids. Um, and especially with pornography and these little phones that we all carry, all of a sudden we are involved. And the pedophiles and the pimps that are out there have incredibly easy access to our children. And so that's what mm-hmm. makes this personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably pretty eye-opening for people as well. I think, uh, I don't know. Okay, this is kind of a silly thing. But do you ever watch Law & Order? Uh, you know what? I am I do not watch any TV. <laughs> oh, okay. Good for you. That's, I don't that's have channels. Good. Yeah, and I just find it all very disturbing. And I, it, I Well, it is disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it is. I can't, it, I can't watch it because I know it's real. Yes, well, and that's what I was going to say is that Law and Order, which is still on. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're on season like 19 or something. Like yeah. it's been on forever. But yeah. every once in a while, it'll be focused on like prostitutes and their pimps. And yeah. I know you said you try Prost- not to use that language yeah. anymore. Prostituted um, women. Yeah. Prostituted women. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of that. Without saying it, they really yeah. do show that how yeah. these women are. It's not quite by choice, but they're kind of trapped by it, and they're very afraid of you know, their captors, essentially. And so I think, you know, while people know that occurs in our countries, they don't think of that as sex slavery, but that's essentially what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's where media has to be so careful how they portray these women, because in the past, they have portrayed them as tough and control women that choose to do this, and it's easy money. And that is so not true, right? Almost all women and kids involved in prostitution, first of all, got involved as children. Uh, No one chooses that as a child. And then secondly, almost all of those who are trapped in sexual exploitation were sexually abused as children before they even were involved in the sex trade at all. And that's largely, Mm -hmm. that statistic is largely for those involved in developed countries. So Mm -hmm. in underdeveloped countries, poverty plays a huge push factor. And in developed countries like Canada and the U.S., I think it's more horrific because we are sexually abusing our children first, which makes them extremely vulnerable to the ploys of the pimps who come later on in their lives. And so basically, if a kid is sexually abused, not all of them, but many, they've become very, very easy targets for pimps later on. And later on being preteen years, the average age that kids are forced into sexual exploitation in North America is 13. So I want everyone right now to picture a 13 year old. What 13 year old would choose to be raped multiple times Mm. for profit a day by strangers? And keep in mind, this is violent rape. This is not, this is not this lovemaking. This is violence. Yeah. And on top of that, they're being, nowadays they're being filmed And that's being mass distributed as entertainment. So when we think about sex slavery and sexual exploitation, we have to realize that these are young children, our children, who are being targeted and groomed and forced. They have no way out. They have no voice. They have no power. I know when I was a a young teen, I did not know how to speak up for myself or I I had low self-esteem. Like I would have I would have been so vulnerable. I would have been so naive. I would have, I could have easily been tricked into this. Um, I think we all could have. And so that's the danger for us and the danger for us with kids and kids with cell phones. They're at high risk if we are not involved in their lives. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying that for the women who are prostituted, it's not yeah. like what it looks like with Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. It's right. Not, no. It's not like that. No, not <laughs> not at all. Not at all. They have no power. Um, they are in horrific conditions. They have. They do not keep the money. They do not see the money. They have a quota that they have to meet daily. They are kept by force and by fear. Many of them are runaways or have come from dysfunctional homes. Um, they, they really get mentally trapped by their pimps. Pimps are master manipulators. Let me just paint the picture of what would happen typically in North America, because it's a little bit different in other countries. Okay. Okay. So in North America, I want you to imagine a 10 year old, a 10 year old who has, um, who's had a, just 
had, had a difficult life um, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe had a perfect life because this is happening more and more too and just is in a slump you know um, all her mm-hmm. friends don't like her she doesn't have any friends at school so extremely low self-esteem maybe dad's away working all the time or you know dad hasn't spent any time with her for a long time and maybe he mm-hmm. he doesn't say he loves her maybe that's been going on for years so she gets no value from dad and that is a key factor in this um mm-hmm. and perhaps mom is available but she's not really available because she's always on her phone and she's really busy and she's got all these other kids and she's working and she's trying to hustle and do her own thing. And so mm-hmm. mom's not really around. She's, she's there, but she's emotionally absent. And so this young girl has no friends, no self-esteem, um, and just has no value. She has a phone. And so she's just on it, chatting here and there to different people, you know, just playing around like all her friends are. And then she, she meets somebody through, whatever they're using now, Snapchat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he starts to groom her and groom her is going to st- look like dating. Like, Hey, what, you know, just, he shows a great deal of interest in her all of a sudden. And slowly, slowly he begins to groom her and groom her is pulling her away from her friends and her family. And he's basically speaking her love language, telling her how pretty she is, how valuable she is, how amazing she is. And her parents are stupid if they don't see that. And slowly he's going to fill her mind. And the poor girl, because she had no idea what's happening. She is, he's just telling her what she has needed to hear her whole life. Right. And she never Mm -hmm. got it. So that's, that's where parents come in. You need to be involved in your kids. And so slowly he will start, she will start to fall in love with her, him. And he is orchestrating all of this to the point where they start to meet. Now they start to go on little dates and he will be Prince Charming and he'll start to buy Mm -hmm. her clothes and spend money on her and take her to parties and maybe start to introduce her to drugs. All these little little subtle things that she thinks is just being kind and the sweetest man and nobody else understands her except for him and these are all signs of a pimp working and grooming a child and so what Mm -hmm. will happen is say by the time that she's a little bit older 11 12 years old he may suggest she moves in with him or run away or just whatever uh so that they could be together because he can't live without her and she is just completely blindsided by now she'll do whatever it takes and Mm -hmm. and maybe she'll move out with him and they'll move in together um and he'll just treat her like gold for a little while and then it will turn either suddenly or slowly but he will say you know honey i'm just i'm so stressed i cannot believe this i am in this huge um pickle whatever i'm in so much trouble i owe these guys money and i don't have it and they're gonna come get me and if i don't if i don't deliver uh they're going to kill me or whatever. She'll say, well, what can I do? Is there anything I could do to help? Like she can't ask her parents for money because they don't really know where she is. He'll say, well, I hate to suggest this. I know it's so awful. Like I I can't believe I'm even going to say this, but like there's one thing you could do to help me. And she'll be like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll do it. Just tell me. And he'll say, well, like my buddies think you're really cute. So like if you would just sleep with them, they'll give me some money and then and then we'll never mention it again. It'll never happen again. We'll move on. And then over, you know, days of coercion and thinking about it, she'll do this one thing for him this one time because she loves him. Mm-hmm. And then usually at that time, everything changes. Either that will be filmed um, or she'll be mass gang raped at that time because it was a complete lie. And then usually what will happen is the guy will just completely ch- change 180 degrees. Okay. Now, listen up. This is the way it is. You need to go sleep with this other buddy of mine because he, you know, you're just not, I'm not happy with you these days. You're always whining. You're always mopey. Um, You just need to do that in order for you to stay here. If you're not going to do that, then I'm going to post this video that I took of last week's episode all over the internet. And then it goes on and on with the coercion and the manipulation. And if you're not going to do this, I will go and get your little sister and I will make her do it or there is complete threat to the family, or I will kill your mother. Like, I'm not joking here. I'm not exaggerating at all. Mm-hmm. I worked two years. I actually lived two years in a frontline recovery home with survivors. I had 40 roommates during that time. And story after story after story was unbelievable horror and terror. 
and these girls are so afraid to run away or even to make a phone call they are so controlled i think i think what you're showing everybody too is like how easy it is to happen to like a seemingly normal girl or i should ask is it primarily girls i'm assuming sadly no it's it's yeah it's it's just the worst these men who have completely given themselves in to this sin of just perversion and cruelty they will stop at nothing so i'm it is everything you can imagine it's the worst it's worse than we can imagine i'm afraid and it's just out of control so i hate to say it but it's just it's boys girls it's kids it's babies it's everything oh my gosh yeah yeah there's a dark dark world out there yeah and they're they're out of control so that's why we got to all step up right. so that they can't get away with uh, what they've been getting away with for far too long in the dark, in the secret. Yeah, it's just got to stop. Well, and it's not just like major cities either, right? Like it's our own backyards. No. It's not just like New York City where this is happening or, you know, right. I don't know. Well, with the with the Internet, the slave trade, sex slavery, it's everywhere. And pornography is very much a part of the demand. Pornography yeah. fuels human trafficking. So um, that is so basically you can imagine that sex slavery, human trafficking, like the whole industry is related. It exists now wherever there's Internet. Uh-huh. Well, I, I did want to ask you about that because I had heard that before. And I think that might rub some people the wrong way. And, you know, I know I personally don't believe in watching pornography, but, you know, some people might feel like, oh yeah that's okay like you know in a in a healthy relationship like that's fine or whatever like I just do every once in a while for fun and I know some people who feel like that's okay and I don't like to tell people like well that's wrong because I believe this but I have heard that before so can you kind of connect the dots for some people because I know I know for some people it is going to bother them that those two are connected and they might say like well I would never ever support like a child being sold into sex slavery but maybe they are without knowing it yeah so we have to imagine even your I'm going to ask you personal questions since this is your podcast so would would you like to have your picture taken not picture would you like to be filmed um while having sex with a stranger or maybe it's somebody you like let's imagine i don't even know if you yeah i I know you're married so would you like to be filmed having sex and then have that broadcast on the world wide web i would not like that right so what would make somebody okay with that and that's the question Mm -hmm. why do you think those women those men are okay with it what do we have that they don't have and i'm telling you it is self-esteem and it is self-value and self-worth they Mm -hmm. were not valued as children Mm -hmm. that they would be i will be offended if a man looks at me wrong let Mm -hmm. alone have anyone come near me and now pornography is not soft and fluffy and gentle it especially nowadays pornography has changed significantly significantly um there's so much research being done now to the dangers of it just emotionally and personally but also there's a leading researcher i don't know why you'd want to research porn but i'm thankful that these people do this and this is in the book called the johns by victor malarik and she says that what you see on the internet now is not even sex it is straight out violence like Mm. the porn is so violent they can't even categorize it as sex like it i'm not saying all of it is like that but it's a slippery slope into that world where it is children where it is um animals it is just straight sexual abuse child sexual abuse and so porn is a slippery slope you may i don't care who you are you think, oh, I'm just watching the soft stuff. I'm just watching the light stuff. Well, the soft stuff is not even really out there anymore. Um, the soft stuff's kind of mainstream now. Um, but what you see now on the internet within a couple of clicks is hardcore porn. And the danger with porn is that like any drug, it is uh, the, the more you consume, the more you need in terms of quantity and in terms of power and like intensity. And so I have spoken to men who have gone to jail for having child porn all through their, all over their computers, child pornography, 
Um, I've spoken with fathers who have just gotten um, arrested for this, and they all said, we didn't intend it to get this bad. It started mm -hmm. just, I just needed a stress relief from work. My wife and I were having a fight. I just started with just this little click, just this little look. But what happens is pornography fires the brain. It releases endorphins. It's a highly chemical reaction happens when you see porn. And I don't care who you are. If you're a 55-year-old male, a 32-year-old strong female, or you are a six-year-old child, the effect of pornography on the brain is the same. And that's mm -hmm. why it's so dangerous yeah. for anybody because it will create a demand for more. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening. People are getting heavily addicted. Children are getting addicted. And what's happening with that, as children see more and more and more, which is happening, the average age a child is exposed now to pornography is between 6 and 11 years old. Mm -hmm. I, I know. I'm really sorry, Mackenzie. This is all really hard stuff to hear, but I'm just yeah. so concerned for our society that yeah. I'm just the whistleblower here, right? So I'm yelling yeah. in my car outside this coffee shop. <laughs> so people aware yeah um, but so what's happening now is that children are being exposed quick uh, younger and yeah. whether accidentally or, or whatnot but they're getting addicted in secret because they they don't even know what the word addiction is but some they see that something happens chemically which they can't understand and it just has them going back for more and more and so mm -hmm. we are seeing a raise a rise in North America of child on child sexual abuse because of the power of pornography and if anyone doesn't believe me, the leading, leading organization studying the brain on this one is called Fight the New Drug. And I cannot recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. Fight the New Drug, an amazing American organization um, that is fighting the new drug. Pornography is the new drug. Yeah. And um, go on that website, check it out, buy their t-shirts. Um, their t-shirts say porn kills love. And just, uh, mm -hmm. they've really looked at the chemistry behind it. Mm -hmm. And so, so you may say, well, you know, we do it as a couple and it's private. It's all good. But uh, yeah. so again, a couple questions there. Think of the person behind the screen. Do you think they really want to be doing it? I guarantee you they do not. They are forced to make it look enjoyable. Of course, a lot of it now, they're not forced. The viewers actually want to see crying and tears and they want to see actual abuse happening so mm -hmm. again it's all the same industry <laughs> you cannot separate the two right. but secondly too we have to be aware when we give our children these little phones we have to be aware that giving them a phone without any filters without any control without some good house rules on where they can access the phone at what time and what they're allowed to go on it's like sending your child down the worst red light district in the world uh, yeah <laughs> We have to be heavily involved as parents the minute we give our kids full internet access because it's our responsibility to protect them for as long as we possibly can. It's also our responsibility to warn them. This is something new I just learned in the last couple of years. I, I thought I was never going to mention porn to my kids. I thought that I would just never mention it and hope they don't come across it. And then yeah. I learned that the chances are it's going to happen. It could be on the school bus. It could be at school. So many kids bring uh, screens to school and they have data or whatever. And some kid's going to go to the other kid, hey, look at this, without even knowing about the damage it's gonna, that's going to oh, yeah. ensue. And so, yeah, so the conversation I've been having with my kids is, hey, kids, when you guys see a naked body on the screen, because it might happen accidentally or what, you need to know mm -hmm. what to do right away. And that is to slam that screen down, to look away, to run away, to go tell an adult. Like I have prepared my kids, just like when the house is on fire, this is what you do. When you see a naked body on the screen, bang, this is what you do. And uh, we need to we need to prepare our kids for that moment, unfortunately. Oh yeah, absolutely. It Yeah, it can start out really innocent. Always, yeah. And I remember this is so crazy because, I mean, it's not like I had a phone when I was little. Like, I'm kind of above that age group. But I remember being on a friend's computer. Like, we were literally playing a computer game when we were children. I mean, elementary school. And pop-ups appeared. Like, we were not searching yeah. for them. We were not doing anything mischievous at all. But I'm sure it had been someone else in her household that had looked at that before. And so then the computer's triggered to yeah. you know send those pop-ups and 
And it's like, I mean, it's like spam on your computer. Like you can't get rid of it. And we were, we were laughing like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. You know, what the heck, like trying to close out of it. And we thought it was funny. And, and, but I still remember that because it was somewhat scarring to see that as a child. But then also you, you just don't forget something like that and how, how innocent it can start out for children to see that. Yes. So parents don't give your kids easy, full access on the screen. They do not have to like it. You should make sure you have all the latest filters that are out there. Also, like they should never be in the room alone with their screen. It's just too dangerous. They don't need to have it at night. We got to be strict and we got to be vigilant because you cannot unsee what you see and it is scarring Mm -hmm. for life. And also, you don't know it. Your kid may see one time and be like, oh, I just never want to see that again. But the next kid, yeah. your next child can be like, I want to see more of that. Or what was yeah. that? Just a curiosity. What was yeah. that? And it is Absolutely. innocent. They have no idea what is out there. And that's yeah. the danger is that so many kids are getting addicted in secret without any help. So keep an open door. Parents, talk to your kids, ask some questions what's the most interesting thing you saw today and how did that make you feel? And, you know, is there like always, always make sure they can come to you and talk to you. And if it's not you, make sure you have somebody in your lives, like, you know, your aunt Betty or whatever, that they always have a safe adult to go and talk to how they're feeling. Then you can nip it in the butt. You can Mm -hmm. catch it before it festers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to the other part of that, you said that's so interesting is, how innocent it is for kids to fall into being the person that's behind the screen. You know, I think like if we think about it, we all know a child who could have easily been that person, Absolutely. you know, it, and it's not because their parents don't love them or anything like that. Like, like you said, it's just so easy, you know, think about how many single parents there are with multiple children who just, you know, they can't always, yeah. you know, be there for them a hundred percent. Like yeah. they're a working parent and have other kids to tend to and they're doing their very best, but it's like a human desire to have that affection. And so, yeah. especially for girls, but you know, children are going to look for that. And so if someone's giving them attention, yeah. it's only natural to want more of it. And yes. so I just think it's so much closer to home than people feel like it is. I think, you know, it's not just like these really disturbed households where kids are falling into that. Like it could be so easy and it's, it's people we know and it's in our own towns. Yeah, that's right. And that's why it takes a village to raise a child, right? We can be that Mm -hmm. family. If we we're like, well, this isn't going to happen to our family. We're really tight and stuff. Okay. That's awesome. So I want you guys to be on the lookout for those kids that do not have a family like yours that, you know, never do anything on weekends that are just gaming all, all summer long, you know, Mm -hmm. kids that don't have any friends, kids that are deemed weird at school, kids on the fringe. And how Mm -hmm. can we as families, how can we involve them? How can we invite them over? How can we include them in what we're doing? Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, that's prevention. That's fighting the global sex trade is being intentional, being involved, being aware of, I know so many kids on the fringe in my tiny little town. And if we have those eyes, Mm -hmm. we're going to see them all the time. And it's going to be a joy to involve them in your family. And maybe not always because they're a bit different, right? They're different than our kids. They're not as well behaved. They're a little bit cruder, but Reality is they're a product of their home and their environment and they yeah. just need love. They're hungry for it and they will respond to you um, when you get to pour into them. And so, sure. yeah, I encourage people to, to, to be intentional that way. Absolutely. Okay. So what else do we need to know? Like we, you mentioned like thinking about, you know, if you are watching pornography or if you're giving your kids a phone and recognizing that they have access to those kinds of things, what else can we be aware of to help deal with this issue? Like you said, paying attention to those kids that, you know, might be on the fringe. That's one way to prevent it. What else is there as far as prevention or even just helping to deal with the ongoing crisis of sex trafficking? Yeah, first of all, make sure you're not a consumer and that is through pornography is is more likely how people are consuming and and fueling the demand. So that's, I'd say, number one. Uh Yeah, and you know, I think we have to be careful too how our language and how even where we're shopping, our purchasing choices, um, being a little bit more aware of 
you know, where our products come from. I think it's just being aware global citizens, right? This is a good start today. You can volunteer with frontline organizations. You can make sure you are a donor to frontline organizations because we can't mm-hmm. all give up our time. But I, I hope everybody has chosen one charity and is a regular monthly donor because, you know, so many charities are just they barely have enough money. They have low salaries. They do not have the money to open as many beds as there's a need for. All the frontline charities I know are grossly underfunded, and yet this is a multi-billion dollar industry. So we have to get behind those who are on the front lines fighting this. So I, that's what I would say. Get behind those who are already doing it. I love that. And that's like kind of a good transition to what I wanted to ask you about also with Redeem With Purpose. One part of your business that you mentioned is the fact that you donate, did you say 50% of your proceeds? Yeah. Okay. And that's to one of those frontline organizations that you mentioned. So that's right. Can you tell us about the organization that you chose? Yes. So every year we choose a new charity. And so uh, early September, we will um, announce a new charity. Uh, And it's, I can tell you guys, um, it's called Lift, L I F T. And they are based in Thailand. They are in the trenches of this fight. They are an amazing organization. They are really going after the pedophiles and the pedophile rings. Uh, They're trying to rescue kids, uh, just the most vulnerable little children uh, in Thailand that are just had no chance in in hell to protect themselves. Um, And so they're going after the predators, uh, the purchasers, the organizers, and they're really trying to involve the justice system and um, the law enforcement down there as well. So that's the organization we'll be supporting all next year, starting September to the end of the summer. And so, yeah, we want people to buy Redeemed and share it with their friends, tell people about it so that our goal is just to sell lots of jewelry and give lots of money away. That's so awesome. And I think that's really cool because there there are so many organizations to choose from. So I think it's cool that you kind of rotate them in that sense, like pick different ones for different yeah. times. What's the one that you guys are currently working with? Right. So it's the Charles Mully Foundation. And this is an amazing organization as well. Charles Mully was um, an orphan child in Kenya. He woke up one morning, five or six years old, and his family had abandoned him. So he uh, basically just grew up on the streets. But he's very, very, very determined young boy. He started to work and and just work for people in any kind of job he could take. And then uh, he ended up, as he got older, running several businesses, having people working for him. And he basically became a a Kenyan millionaire. Mm -hmm. And then one day, God literally, literally stopped him on the road and said, you need to go back and get those orphans. And so Mm -hmm. he started taking, he didn't even tell his wife, he started to bring orphans home. And to this date, there are tens of thousands of children that call him dad. And uh, we specifically support their young women's recovery program. So these are all girls that were forced to do sex, uh, survival sex, selling their bodies just for something to eat um, in some of the worst uh, slums of Kenya. Wow, that's so powerful. And you also mentioned, it, it, IJM, International Justice Mission, I think it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, IJM's thing. great. Yeah, they're big. We've never supported them, but that's just another favorite. Um, another favorite I have, this is for people to follow and to get involved in, and if they can, donate to them. Thorn is a good one, T-H-O-R-N. That's Ashton Kutcher's one, oh, and cool. Ashton Kutcher's goal is to get all child porn off the internet. So I think we should really support that, get behind him. Oh, yeah. And because of who he is, he has a really loud voice, right? People yeah. listen to him. So, so more power to him. Yes, that's amazing. I love it when celebrities use their platforms or for something like that. That's really cool. Yes. And I exactly. support uh, A21. Do you know much about them? Yeah. Yeah? Yes. A21 is good excellent. One. Yeah, cool. Yeah. They're so, on my list too. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, lots of choices for people to get involved. And like you said, of, you can lots of choices. volunteer if you can't donate or whatever. Like there are so many, so many ways, but I love to, I think I've probably told you this, but my heart behind doing this podcast and focusing on some of these social justice issues and environmental issues, I like to bring light to them and, yeah. and, sh- you know, educate people on the topic because some people might not know, but then I also like to leave them with like 
look at these ways that you can make a difference. And it's not donating is a big one and volunteering is a big one, but it's not always just that. Like you said, it's just being aware that like, you know, maybe you do watch porn and that's like a huge thing that you can stop doing to to make sure that you're not fueling this horrible, horrible slave crisis and, you know, educating your children. Like there's just so many things. There are so many things and I don't want people to get overwhelmed. Choose one thing, write it down, commit to it. And, uh, you know, I worked in this field for 18 years and if I focused on the problem, I would have gotten totally stressed, depressed, uh, overwhelmed, and I would have quit. I would have burned out. No, no doubt. Many people burn out in this field, but because I've always chosen to focus on the solution, I live in the solution. I have no time for the problem. I'm aware of it, but I don't focus on it. And when you live in that place, you truly, it's so empowering and you don't have time for all the, all the other stuff. So yeah, guys live in the solution. I want to talk to someone. If you are addicted to porn, there are more and more women who are addicted to porn these days um, than ever before. You cannot Mm -hmm. fight it alone. There are Mm -hmm. programs, people out there that want to walk with you. They want to help you fight the new drug has an amazing program where they will walk with you to fight it. And so there's, there's just this help out there for you. My heart is just as much for the exploited as it is for those who are abusing children. Because Mm -hmm. if one child abuser has a heart change, recognizes that what he's doing is wrong and seeks help, can you imagine how many kids we can save? That's so true. And, and, you know, for people listening, if they do feel like they're in that boat, that's definitely not meant to, like, bring shame to them in any way. No. And, again, they probably did not even realize that those two were connected because I think when you hear that, that's super convicting and you wouldn't want to keep supporting it. So it's not meant to bring shame, but it's just meant to to bring light and to educate you on that matter. And, and, you know, maybe you don't think you're addicted, but like you said, it's just so easy to go down that path of addiction. Like it's, and it's not even, it's not a choice really. Like you said, it's like a brain, it's like a biological response. Like you can't even really control it. So so if you do feel like you're in that boat, like recognizing that addiction is real and it's, you know, we're all vulnerable to it. I think that's a big yeah, thing. Yeah, that's too. right. And we are we are behind you 100%. We, we know you can kick it and we encourage yeah. you to get the help. Talk to somebody, talk to a good friend, get those accountability partners. You know, I love Focus on the Family. They also have a great support for people that are struggling with any addiction issues. So yeah, get your life back. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if you could pick one main message you want listeners to walk away with, what would it be? Okay. Oh, I just, okay. This just popped up and this is really good. And I think that this, regardless of where you're at on the spectrum, this is a good one. This, this is a quote from Amy Weatherly. Do you know her at all? No, I don't. You should follow her. You okay. should interview her. So okay. <laughs> Amy Weatherly, she, this is what she says. We weren't made for a selfish existence. We weren't made to keep things to ourselves, not our stories, not our gifts, not our passions, not our laughter, not our light, not our grace, not our love. If you want to live a good life, give good away. So I would say that to your listeners, whatever you're, wherever you're at, if you're a stay-at-home mom or if you're, um, you know, corporate America, traveling on the road, staying in hotels all the time, like wherever you're at, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you need to touch base with him to find out what it is that he wants you to do in this world and why he created you because we all have a purpose and so once we tap in and figure out what our purpose is then life is so fulfilling um again like i said i'm not burdened by this it is a pleasure to be part of this fight and so find your find your purpose and i don't believe you can know what that is until you connect with the creator because he's the one that that created you for a purpose yeah i love that well i just started following her and I can already tell that I like her because she, her, oh, you her love bio her. is that she loves Jesus, sweatpants, yeah. queso, yeah. and her family, yeah. and big earrings. And I, I like all those things too. So. I hope <laughs> That's you awesome. get to interview her. Yes, that would be so cool. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I know you are sitting in your car outside of a coffee shop. I just want to ask you a few fun questions because I know that people are really 
admiring you and the work that you're doing and everything you stand for, but I won't keep you too long. You mentioned a book that you love. Do you think that's the most impactful book that you've read? Oh gosh. That was at the John's. Uh, no, well, I think it was the, the, the drug one. Was that uh, what it fight was? The new drug. Fight the new drug. Yeah. Is that the most impactful book oh. that you've read or do you have another one that you want to recommend? Gosh. Yeah. I, I hesitate to recommend this one because it's so hard, but it is the most impactful book that I have ever, ever read. And uh, so your listeners would have maybe stopped listening by now if this is too heavy, but this is, uh, yeah, it's called Conversations with a Pedophile and it's by Dr. Amy oh. Hamill Zabin. And it is, it was the toughest book I've ever read. It took me months and months to read it. I had to be very careful when I read it, where I read it. It was uh, very, very disturbing, but the most educational book I've ever read on how to protect my children and I'll sum it all up in one one line for you this man who's in jail forever because of all the um, abuse he has done he basically said that he can sum up his entire tactics to like his greatest tool to lure children into one word and that one word was listening Mm. isn't that upsetting and yet so simple at the same time he listened intentionally. Yeah. He was very intentional in his listening and being available to kids. And that's why they trusted him. And that was his greatest wow. weapon. And so parents, that's not hard. We can do this. Let's put yeah. our phones away and listen intentionally. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's so convicting. Yeah. But that's like that's so good to know, I think. That's really powerful. Yeah. What about, do you have someone that you look up to as a role model? Oh, I, I just, I try to follow more and more Christian women in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like Beth Moore, Priscilla Shire, I'm just trying to fill my brain with good stuff, yeah. and, you know, cause there's so much out there. So I'm really trying to grow in my faith each and every day as well. And so just yeah, trying to follow them and, and trying to put on, if I have any spare minute, like one of their podcasts, yeah. just so that I'm really getting that soul food and that nourishment that I need to, to not get overwhelmed with life. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's a good idea. Cause I watched the law and order at night and it puts bad things in my head, but then I try to listen to the good podcasts in the morning. To, so okay. I start my day out. Right. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have, well, since you mentioned podcasts, do you have a podcast or like documentary or anything you've watched recently that you would recommend? Uh, yeah. So I listen to a lot of Focus on the Family. It's my the, it's my go-to um, podcast. It's on my phone. And they okay. just have uh, short, you know, 25-minute interviews every day. Yeah. They're so um, good. They're so okay. good. There's so many amazing ones on there. Um, I oh. love like Rosaria Butterfield. She's an amazing um, speaker. Oh, there's so many. I don't know the names. But yeah, if you go on them, you can kind of look at the topics quickly. And some are kind of call to action and others are lighthearted. There's a lot on marriage and parenting. I love Kevin Lehman. Yeah, focus is my uh, is my go-to. Do you do the, I've just pulled it up. Do you do the parenting one or the marriage one or like all of them? I just go to today's broadcast and then I go okay, to the past, yeah, past broadcast and it's usually about like 20 that are available there, like just the last month that's available. And then you just yeah. scroll down and then just choose the one you want. They're okay. always very good. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I like that. Okay, cool. Um, what about a product or a brand that you're really liking lately? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not very good at that stuff. I try not to shop. <laughs> and uh, I'm, a, I'm myself, I'm a terrible consumer. So I don't really have anything to say on that one. That's no, that's not a bad thing. Well, then let's talk about Redeem with Purpose. Um, you said in September you're going to be partnering with the new organization. Do you have anything else that's going on right now lately? Yeah, we are now in three stores in Alberta. Um, oh, and cool. then we have, yeah, a couple pop ups. And these are all businesses that approached us because they want to be part of the solution. The amazing thing with our partner businesses is that they only take 10% to cover their processing fee. They give us back 90. That never happens in this consumer world. A 10 90 wow. split. Yeah, it's really cool. So if there's any business owners out there that are willing to commit to that, uh, they should contact. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The other thing that we're going to do is we have uh, brand reps coming. So we've got uh, three or four new brand reps, which we've never done before. So just uh, women that have a pretty good Instagram following, 
that love fashion, love our cause, and we're going to hook them up with some jewelry. Oh, I love that. Well, maybe someday I'll have more Instagram followers, and <laughs> I would love to do that for you. <laughs> oh, that'd be That's fun. So we cool. don't have anybody in your part of the world. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I would totally do that for you any day. That's amazing. Okay, I love maybe. what you're doing, yeah. and and I saw you just posted you have some new rings. Are they spoon rings? Is that what they are? Yeah. 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 They're, okay. they're brass, so I don't know if they were really spoons, but um, but they have that same look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those are cool yeah we have lots of new stuff this fall yeah well I think that's awesome and I know you've mentioned before like this is just a hobby that kind of turned into something way bigger and I know you're really like essentially volunteering what you do to make a difference I think that's amazing and I like more power to you I support you 100% because everybody probably heard today that this is such an important topic like I say that with every interview I do but seriously I mean we're talking about human lives here and the lives of children and vulnerable folks and I just think we can't bring enough attention to this so I anytime I can support you I will I you know I really hope you keep going with your business because it's so valuable what you do and yeah I just want to share this message with everybody so so keep going. I think it's awesome. And I can't wait for people to hear this conversation because, yeah, it's an important topic that we're definitely not talking about enough. Well, thank you, Mackenzie. And thank you for using your platform and your time and your passions to raise awareness. You're doing what you can do. And that's what it's all about. So good on you, too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I almost forgot. Where can people find you? What's your Instagram handle or how else should they connect with you? Yeah, our website is redeemed with purpose.com Instagram is the same name and then Facebook is uh, RWP for redeemed with purpose jewelry so but yeah go to our website Um, we reopened the website uh, September 13th Friday September 13th and uh, it'll be all brand new stuff so yeah we'd love people to follow us tell their friends about us and shop redeemed absolutely I think that's awesome I will definitely share those links as well as everything else that we talked about today but yeah can't thank you enough Naomi this was such a great combo I loved learning from you so thanks for sharing about this thanks Mackenzie I need to ask you for a favor here it is would you please go leave a rating and a review on whatever app you're listening to the show on. Whether it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Hubhopper, whatever it is, would you go leave me a rating and a review? You can do this by scrolling down on whatever service you're listening to and clicking the corresponding links. The reason I ask you to do this is because it helps more people to find the show. The more ratings and reviews that I get, the more the podcast will be promoted to listeners. Before talking to Naomi, I did not realize that slavery was still such a huge issue in this world, and not just in my own country, but in countries all over the globe. If we want to see slavery come to an end in our lifetime, we need more people to know that it is happening and know how to avoid it by not supporting the pornography industry and by protecting and educating their children. Helping me to spread the word through sharing what Naomi had to say is one small thing that you can do to help sex slavery and human trafficking come to an end. There are lots of other little steps that you can take. You can avoid porn yourself. You can read books to get educated. You can volunteer and donate to frontline organizations. You can talk to people and educate your children and your family and your friends. And you can shop at Redeemed with Purpose and buy some gorgeous jewelry and share the cause that way. I just placed my first order. I purchased the light gray shiny cabochon earrings and the V-shaped gold-plated ring. And I'm super excited to get them. I'll definitely be posting when I do so you can see pictures of them and I'm pretty positive that I'll be returning to shop. I'll also give you the insider tip that Naomi is often posting discount codes for her supporters and Instagram followers, so make sure you're following her so that you can get some discount codes to shop over there. I learned so much from this conversation with Naomi, even about parenting and some things that I need to make sure to do with my own children. I hope and pray that you do what Naomi said with picking one thing that you can do to help sex slavery come to an end and committing to it. This is a global crisis like Naomi shared, 
but it's in your own neighborhood, in your own city, and in the schools that your children are in. So let's join together and see human slavery really and truly come to an end. There are links to everything Naomi and I referenced in the show notes, which you can view on my website, www.heartfelthippie.com, or in the show's description below. And if you are the person that we talked about who does need help with addiction, please know that we meant what we said, that we are there for you, and our hearts are for you, and there's support out there for you. So please check out those links. Don't forget about leaving me a rating or review before you close out today. And also make sure you subscribe to the show so that you can get all the latest episodes straight to your downloads. I'm getting this episode out a little later than I had planned because we did some traveling for my husband's birthday, so happy birthday, Justin. But we are back in Charleston now, in the humidity and the heat, and I'm attempting to get back on track. Thanks to those of you who are following along, and if you're not following me, go check out my Instagram because that's the best place to stay up to date on what we're doing and what's going on with the show. While you're over there, check out Naomi's page, buy some jewelry to support her cause, check out some of the organizations and the resources that she mentioned, help to spread the word about what's going on with sex slavery and how we can see it come to an end, and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out!